people have strong reactions one way or the other, that's great. Yeah. Give it to us. We Absolutely. don't, we're not going to discount that. We may or may not agree. And, and the rest of the community may or may not agree, but please just tell us, like, if you hate something, it's okay to tell us that. That's awesome. You're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> everybody to the outpost podcast i've got everybody giggling and fake smiling in here except derek he's just got creepy eyes okay which nobody else can see no just us except the three of you i looked away i couldn't do it good don't look into my eyes he's too adorable to have creepy eyes all right don't ruin it for me we've got the regulars in here today let's introduce ourselves starting over here the eye candy derek (laughs) Am I wrong? You're not. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet tooth, Tom. <laughs> well, when it comes to podcasts, I can also be eye candy. <laughs> because because nobody a, can see. Got a, got a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Lacey here in the captain's chair. I want to talk a little bit today, starting out with what's going on at Orange Nebula. So <laughs> you, you, Mark and Tom, <laughs> have been working... <laughs> on solo mode okay so if you rewind like uh i don't know what six months ago solo mode was not really on our radar for something that we were going to do it was something that came of this last campaign so uh, talk to us a little bit about how that's gone well we have to apologize for one apology accepted thank you derek that's it (laughs) i needed to get that off my chest No, we sat down to create solo mode, but then we accidentally created two solo modes. How do you accidentally create two? We just, and then out they came. Uh There were two of, there was twin solo modes and you just kind of, we gave birth. You just live with that, right? Is it like how two fairies are born of the same laugh? It's exactly like that. I get it. (laughs) So how's that work? People are going to get a rule book and there's going to be two different types of solo mode they can play. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. So to be honest, you know, I've been thinking about solo mode for a very long time. I have never really been in the mind space where I thought I wanted to do it. But as a community, it's been, it's been, you know, people were just imploring us, please make a solo mode. Mm-hmm. And I, I had been resistant to it for a long time, but it doesn't mean I hadn't been thinking about what I would do if that I were sense, to do yeah. a solo mode. And so some of the ideas had been percolating for years, but really what pushed me over the the edge was kind of watching people take it on themselves to, to design their own solo modes. Oh and, yeah. And so I saw a lot of that in the board game geek forums and you know, that kind of tilted me over the top. It's like, well, gosh, if, if, I mean, if people are really kind of using their own creativity, you know, maybe we can join them mm-hmm. is kind of the way I was looking at it. And then Tom and I started to get super serious about it and we developed a version of the game that is really close to what it's like to play Vindication normally with a competitive mm-hmm. mindset. And I think that one turned out super, super awesome. And then we did something even more experimental that the playtesters have been really enjoying. And it's it creates a lot of tension. There's a second mode 
that's entirely different than the mm. first mode. And we just said, well, we'll just let people have both. You know, just like, put them both in there. Yeah, we pushed and pulled back and forth a little bit on which one we wanted to do because we were really excited about the more experimental one because it brings the minis onto the map. It has some fun new mechanics. It's much more of an adventure where the map is changing and things like that are happening. But what we were finding what we wanted to do is we wanted to make sure anyone where this is their only experience with the game, they're only going to play solo. We want them to have the opportunity to have the actual vindication experience. solo, Not just this other thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing is fun, but it's not the same as just playing the game. So then we said, how do we also create the vindication experience and create tension without other players, but still same basic mechanics. And so you have the multiplayer experience by yourself. Mm-hmm. The other thing we challenged ourselves not to do, we may have touched on this before, is not to just have an, a deck of cards that you follow and you, you just kind of like plays as, a, as another player. A lot of solo games work like that. Some of them work really well like that. We just didn't want to do that. We wanted to be a little bit more creative and kind of what would be exciting? What would mm-hmm. create tension? What would make things difficult and kind of creepy and scary? And we spent a long time on that second mode and the first mode came together very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, well, and some of those automa decks and, and some of those things are extremely well done. Oh, absolutely. Really neat, but it's yeah. just, when you're designing a game, you want to be designing something that you're excited about doing. And neither of us were excited about creating a dummy player that functioned yeah. well. It just mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't lighting us up. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't going to come out right if we weren't passionate about it. So that's not what we did. Had to be on, had to be on story mm-hmm. and, it had to had to fit the theme of the island and it had to, you know, there, there's a lot of criteria there. But the second version, the experimental one, kind of goes into a new territory, right? So it kind of expands the story and it's very interactive and very unpredictable. In the adventure mode, Ronak is actively moving around the island, spreading defilement. And making it so that you can't interact with the spaces in the way that you normally can. That's what my and kids do too. It's he's like a big kid. <laughs> Everywhere he goes is just spreading defilement. Trail of darkness. <laughs> yes. And he can destroy regions of the land so that you can't use them anymore. So your your plan to really leverage traits this game is now the traits building is destroyed, right? Mm. And so you are contending with Ronak and you are trying to summon Tuk Tuk so that he can come back into the land. The gist of it is you're you're trying to summon the guardian of the island to stop this threat. And so you're using you're basically building spirit fires to strengthen the guardian of the land until he comes back. You also have not a companion and not a pet, but you have a buddy that is out there doing things with you and we're we're not gonna release that but it's super cool that's coming out on the email list right yeah Yeah, that's going out to our email subscribers people are gonna go i think they really like that we're going nuts about it (laughs) so so that there's a lot of tension between trying to stop the defilement from happening trying to still kind of you know, do the things that you would do in Vindication. And at the same time, you're trying to summon and strengthen Tuk Tuk to use these different abilities to fight Ronak. And so there's a fight that happens on yeah, the island. Yeah, as you're as you're lighting the spirit fires, the spirit fires are kind of emblematic of you helping summon the magic back into the land and help awaken mm. the island, mm. which empowers Tuk Tuk. 
At the same time, you're gaining honor and Tuktuk only responds to you as far as you are honorable, right? So at a certain point, he's willing to do certain things, but as you become more honorable, he becomes more willing to engage with you and has more abilities. Um, So you have to advance yourself and advance the spread of magic in the island while keeping down as much as you can the the defilement darkness Hmm. spreading through the island until eventually you can tip the scale in the magic's favor over the darkness. It's super fun. I really like it. Ronak does all sorts of nasty screams and bashes things and kills your companions and is a jerk. Okay, well, that's great, you guys. Thank you. I think that that gives a little bit of that detail that people are really interested to hear about. And I think you presented it really well, too. Two solo modes. Two solo modes. How cool is that? Dual solo modes. Duo solo. Duolo. Duolo mode. Duolo. Okay, so. Solo mode, too, is a duolo mode. Duolo. So as Mark and Tom have been working on that, Derek, you've been working on the website a bit. So tell us about some of the things that you've been adding to the Orange Nebula website. Well, we have um, a podcast now, which is really exciting. And Spoiler alert. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. If you haven't heard of it, we have a podcast. Was I I, I not supposed to mention that? I I had no idea. I'm going to take a mint. Yeah, the mint. We're going to take a mint minute. Um, But no, so we're trying to kind of re-engineer the Outpost page to kind of make it a little bit more community focused because right now it's just kind of like a blog, right? Mm-hmm. And so what we want to do is re-engineer that to bring up the the podcast a lot more, encourage a lot of the community interaction because we have a Facebook group as well for mm-hmm. just the outposts, and we're getting a lot of great content put on there to talk about pretty much anything pop culture. So we're just trying to like re-engineer that portion of the page to make it cooler. Yeah, we're doing you know? a, a number of outpost things, and we want that really to be the center of all of it. We have a lot more written content coming up, interviews with other creators, collaborations. Yeah. And we do now have the Outpost Facebook group. My, my experience on Facebook with board game groups is I love them all and I'm in all of them. But if you try to diverge from talking specifically about board games at all, everyone's like, what's this have to do with board games? Mm-hmm. And, they, <laughs> right. and you get shut down and admin, ban hammer, whatever. I want to hang out with board game people and people that I know I have common interests with, but talk about the Avengers mm-hmm. or talk about, you know, my kids or whatever right. fun life Can we things. talk about snacks? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about okay, snacks. Okay, I'm in. So the, the Outpost <laughs> is meant to be a place where you can come and talk about whatever the heck you want, but with people that have similar similar hobbies and interests. And Awesome. And that's called the Outpost Community? On Facebook. On yeah. Facebook, yeah. 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 If you just go to our Orange Nebula Facebook page, you should be able to find it. Mm-hmm. Under groups there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So why don't we move on to the community question, Tom? Can you pull that out? We do. We, we have like a cool theme song. Time for the question. question. Let's go to the mailbag. The mailbag has a zipper. All right. I'm in the mailbag. the premium mailbag. So we have two questions here that are related. I'm going to read them both and then open the floor for response. Question number one, why are you so negative? (laughs) Please stop using your podcast to complain about everything. There has got to be something positive about the industry that you can cover. Question two, why are you so positive? (laughs) I cannot listen to you. You are too fakey good vibes and I cannot stomach it. Can't you just be normal? (laughs) <laughs> those are, are those two both real? absolutely yeah. real questions you're very yeah, conflicted not, right now yeah, <laughs> what am i 
Uh, I know. I don't know who I am. Who's what's what's our identity? Okay. Hopefully, you're somewhere right in the middle of these questions. Uh, yes. So this brings into uh, focus <laughs> the fact that no matter what you say, people only hear what their filter is set towards. True. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it really doesn't matter what we say. It matters what your filter is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so. That. Why aren't either of those happy about it? Like, are we, I mean, we're being negative, then can you get on board with that? Or if we're being positive, can you get on board with that? Why are you fighting us? Come along with us. Just don't listen, then. We'll just make this a super monotone podcast where we talk like this, but we don't show any inflection in our voice because we don't want to be too negative or too positive. You know what I mean, guys? I'm not as bothered by the why are you so positive one uh-huh. because we do get that. We've gotten that before. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, that's just who we are. I would you say know. we are a little bit above average. No apologies. That's the whole positivity. goal, right? Uh-huh. Um, the why are you so negative thing, part of me just discounts it. And the other part of me wants to re-listen to everything and figure out if there's any truth to it. I'm going to sit with that one. Okay. Did they only listen to the What Bugs Us episode? If so, that's a funny response. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But... I don't know. People are engaging with what we're doing enough to have any type of strong reaction. That's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Better than, you know, people feeling indifferent about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think I'm a little angry about the negativity one. (laughs) Probably because... What bugs us? Well, it's so against my nature because I'm like this eternal optimist. It's kind of disgusting. So that, like, I want to defend it. Right. Well, and it's one of those things where, like, I'm constantly worried that like we are being too positive (laughs) let's just have a regular conversation and not and you know and in this but if someone is picking up that we're negative Mm -hmm. then i'm really confused Mm -hmm. I i think in a deeper glance what you might find is that we're critiquing things so that we can make them better right so sometimes casting a light on a flaw or something that can be improved with the intention of making the world better at our own expense is okay. It doesn't mean it's negative to say that something is broken as you're fixing it is okay. That doesn't have to be negative. And, and I think that sometimes maybe that's misrepresented or or people kind of read that a little funny, but the whole point of why we're doing things the way we do them is because we think we can do them differently. And Mm -hmm. in some ways we can do them better in some ways, you know, we're going to listen to the community and, and give them more of what they want. And I, it doesn't bother me as much to, to hear that. I mean, I do feel a little defensive, too. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I think those who are really close to the brand kind of have a little bit closer sense of what we're trying to do. And the reason that we would cast light on a flaw in the industry or something that we have an opportunity together to go change, that's a positive. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't create a positive without contrasting it with a negative right right well and it's just like critiquing right it's not necessarily critiquing is not necessarily a bad thing right exactly that said we will be putting contact information and home addresses for both these people <laughs> in our next mailing list <laughs> <laughs> do what you want with it they'll just be there in the footer i would just send them snacks like <laughs> <laughs> you need to eat maybe they were, maybe they were like, hangry yeah. <laughs> did you have anything else community wise uh, there, there was there are always more community questions. Are there any about me? <laughs> I've just started deleting those. No. Let's go straight to spam. I, I have a keyword set. Well, you set get so many of them in a yeah. day. I mean, I don't blame oh, you. Yeah. Um, would we consider turning our talents to a more portable game? Oh, man. Just go, Tom. Yes. 
we are preparing that, right? So we're in the middle of space game. I'd say the middle, we're kind of at the end of the development cycle for space game. Mm -hmm. We're doing a lot, a lot of little tweaks and, and stuff like that, but it is, it is absolutely important and almost critical for us to diversify and to challenge ourselves in new ways and do different things and having a light portable game that you can take with you, throw it in a, in a, pack or in your back pocket or whatever mm -hmm. take it on the plane yeah is something that we absolutely want to do it's just we have to queue things up well and when you're working on a game it's almost impossible not to have other ideas mm -hmm. that don't fit this game right but they you know hit a note pile somewhere that mm -hmm. you then get distracted by because you just you've gone down that that track and for two days you've designed something else and you set it aside and okay i'll come back to that later so the, the amount of games that are sort of developed like half ideas over here that could be pursued is just endless. We had another question on whether or not we are going to make any games that you can play on the toilet safely. I don't know what the safely part mm, refers oh to. Safely. safely. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't want Ronax sitting next to me. You know, it's pokey. <laughs> like, who true. knows what's going to happen? Yeah, nothing pokey on the toilet. Yeah. Maybe My first thought was, is it waterproof? And then I thought, what's happening when you're on the toilet? <laughs> yeah. You need right. something to be waterproof. <laughs> what we need, no, what we need is like a toilet paper dispenser but you know, like in some bathrooms, or like so it's like that fold-down table yes. in the stall. We need to build that, mm -hmm. but we need to build it to be able to accommodate a board game. All right, you might not want to know this. However, at my house, there is a desk with a pull-down right in front of the toilet. So like straight up, and it's <laughs> Wait, got really yes, uh -huh. it's got <laughs> storage and it's got books and it's got notebooks, and you just can sit down and you pull down the desk. Do you have an Uncle Tom's bathroom reader though? No. What is that? You never heard of the bathroom reader? I don't know if it's Uncle Tom's or not. It's something with it's little Uncle somebody's Uncle interesting Bob's. pieces of information. You yeah, can read. it's a book that's like is like gosh, thousands of pages. Just, just full of nonsense. Full of nonsense mm -hmm. and weird facts and stories. People, people listen to the podcast know what I'm talking about. Uh, I'm sure they do. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> back to the idea of uh, portable games, Mark. You and I played Tiny Epic Quest. What? We did, uh -huh. yeah. A few weeks ago, mm -hmm. and the portability and the ease of opening that up and, and playing that yeah, was really that cool. There's Yeah, there's a ton of games in that series, and they're brilliant. They're very portable. They're very light. They're easy to ship. They cost very little for freight and manufacturing, and they're it's fun. It's a full experience. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and, they, and, the, and the games <laughs> are fun. laughing about I'm just there. laughing about where we, now, now that this is what we do, yeah. Like, what'd you think about that game? You can fit so many on a pallet. <laughs> Imagine the freight savings. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's where my uh, mind went. It's a factory that, you know. It's legitimate, yeah. Uh, okay, so, yes. I want to bring something. It is Uncle John's Bathroom Reader. Oh, that makes Uncle way Tom. more sense. John's Bathroom Reader. Mm -hmm. oh, of course. Not, not Uncle Tom's. Yeah, yeah. that yeah. makes sense, Uncle Tom. Uncle Tom's Captain Reader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This week, as I've been watching Mark and Tom put, you know, 15, 16 hour days in as they're getting everything prepped. And as I've been putting in 14, 15 hour days, and I started thinking to myself, what does work-life balance mean for creatives? Okay. My favorite part of this, just to interrupt your intro, was receiving... At three in the morning, a text message from Lacey that says, 
let's just talk about work-life balance. <laughs> yeah, let's do talk about that. It's three in the morning. That's a great I idea. I, I think I said, hey, sorry it's late. Here's some topic ideas. Number one, work-life balance is a creative. <laughs> and it was like 3.04 in the morning. Yeah. But I mean, the reason that I that I bring it up in the first place is just I find that, you know, creativity doesn't come during nine to five. And so it's very interesting trying to create some form of separation between the two, some form of balance between the two. And I'm interested in what you guys are doing. Actually, it's super interesting that you say that about the nine to five, Mm -hmm. because your cortisol levels are Mm -hmm. different at night. That's why a lot of people write at night Mm. because, you know, cortisol is related to stress. Mm -hmm. And so your synapses fire and you make different connections and different associations at night. Mm -hmm. So whatever ideas you were having at three in the morning, you may not have been having at three in the afternoon. Yeah, that makes sense because literally your your body chemistry is different. Mm hmm. I love that. You know how much I love that kind of thing. I know. That's the, like catnip for you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lacy nip. Lacy nip. Should I keep going with more with more body chemistry stuff? Yes, because you have it. It's amazing that you brought this up because mm-hmm. I have become obsessed with the idea of rest. Mm-hmm. So I've been, been reading a lot about rest. Have you actually been resting more or yes, just reading I about rest? Yes, I actually have. I've been okay. making a point of doing it. Okay. So rest as it relates to creativity. When you are resting and i don't mean like watching tv but like zoning out so like um quiet meditating going for a walk being yeah when parts of your brain are active more oxygen goes there and it light and so if you're like measuring the oxygen in the brain and you you know picture it like an apartment building these lights are on because there's more oxygen there right okay so if you're focused on a problem certain lights are on Mm -hmm. if you zone out and stop focusing other lights turn on okay The research shows if you sit and stare and look at a problem for two hours and try to think of something, you never actually Mm. put your whole brain on that problem. Mm -hmm. But if you look at that problem for an hour and then go for an hour long walk and don't think about it, this other part of your brain turns on Mm -hmm. and it starts in the background. Your unconscious wakes up basically and starts processing it. Okay. So looking at it for an hour and then going for a walk. Mm Mm-hmm you end up using your whole brain on it as opposed to just trying to white knuckle it. Charles Dickens wrote four hours a day. He would wake up and go for a big walk. He would come home and eat breakfast and then he'd work for like four hours and then he'd go for a walk and was done for the day. And he basically said like any more than that is just a waste of time. Mm-hmm. I think Stephen King says the same thing too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is all Tom just wanting reduced hours, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, um, this is Tom wanting to be more productive with his time. Yeah, no, absolutely, is. and and I I don't I don't disagree at all. Work life balance means something a little different for me because my mind is always going, like you said, and <clears throat> sometimes there are more restful things that I set my intentions on than things that are stressful, right? Because all work has things that we don't want to do. Even if you're doing what you love and your passion, like I feel like we're doing now, most of the time, there's X amount of that is things that you wish you didn't have to do, right? Well, that's just that's just the way it is. That's why it's work. The things that feed you, you know, I, I would imagine that those, those cortisol levels change based on, you know, your stress and how much food you've had and how much rest you've had and like mm-hmm. all those, all these factors play into it. It is just very important to be mindful about that balance. Mm -hmm. I don't think of work-life balance as how much time I'm working versus how much time I'm not working. Because I feel like I'm always, my mind is always 
engaged with something. And all of those things are beneficial. And, and the lines really blur for me. On the weekends, I'm thinking about Orange Nebula and games, and I'm thinking about my kids, and I'm thinking about eating a sandwich, and I'm thinking about, you know, you and it just never. a sandwich all the time. The, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. a sandwich right now. <laughs> well, and it's hard when your passion is your work, right? Right. Yeah, like, that's what that's, complicates it a mm-hmm. little bit. Because a lot of times, you know, you, you go home from work and you're like, thank goodness that's done. I don't have to do that to tomorrow. But if what you're working all, all day is something you love to do and you want it to succeed, you go home and you just, when you would go home and have a hobby, like people go home and perform their hobby. If your hobby is also your job, you go home and you just keep doing it. And there's a trap there and you have to be really, I think, conscientious about saying it's time to take a break. Mm-hmm. It's time to get some sleep. It's time to hang out with other people. It's time to do something different. Yeah, go ahead. What's really interesting about that is I think many people have a job that they don't like and when they're not working they're they're not progressing towards the thing that's going to change that behavior right so like if you have a job you don't like sometimes i think you feel trapped and what i've learned myself is gosh at some point i was like well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna commit to making a game and doing something i love and now i get to do that as part of what my career is it was just a pipe dream before i mean i was doing other stuff before so the work-life balance for me kind of became well okay so i'm i'm not necessarily enjoying every aspect of work i'm gonna i'm gonna fill in my dead time not with netflix i'm gonna fill my dead time with passion that's gonna actually lead to something i'm gonna progress and i think that's how people can change their reality i think they can change from being trapped in a space where they're not happy into a space where they, where they are happy or they feel more fulfilled or they feel like they can use their gifts and talents and abilities in a way that other people can, can interact with. That's, that's something that I, I was drawn to with you, Mark, in when, when we first met is that, you know, so many people choose activities that give you a quick pleasure release right so like Mm -hmm. your netflix your dessert whatever it is you know it gives you a quick dopamine release but it doesn't affect your long-term happiness chemicals you know your serotonin that kind of thing and so it's it's interesting because it's kind of a sacrifice to put the work in at the front for something that's going to pay off in your passion for the long term and a lot of us just don't have the behavior pattern to do that i don't know there's not a lot of people that i've met in my life who put the sacrifice in to actually focus on their passion to create something to change their reality fear Um, fear plays a part you know you hear people sometimes people get married and they're talking about having kids and they're like well we're going to do that when the time is right when we have enough money saved up or when this is and life just happens right like you just like if you're gonna have kids just, just i say just go for it there's there's no perfect time to try to go get another job. Now is the time. Like your life is short. There's, um, there's no perfect time for anything big and important that matters. Right. Getting a job. Getting, Except for now. Getting married, having kids, all those things. Yeah. You know, every every moment is the perfect moment and the worst moment. And yeah, it's a huge life change. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's going to be a huge life change. Just real quick. There's that tweet that, that Richard from We're Not Wizards recently put out that hits on this vein, you know, that went mm-hmm. massively viral yeah. talking about 
you can't get to your 50th podcast episode without doing your first. And, you know, it's going to be awful. No matter what you do, it's the so first. So get it over with. Yeah. Your, your first whatever is going to mm-hmm. be awful, I think is what he was saying, right? Mm-hmm. It's like your first podcast, your first game, your first book, your first painting, your, whatever you're wanting to create. The first thing you make is going to be crap. So get that over with, mm-hmm. pull that Band-Aid off, and then you can start going. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. just make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people just have a hard time giving themselves permission to do that. Or they feel like they may have missed the window, and they haven't. And and I, I'll be honest, I kind of had that mentality until I defied it and proved myself wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just sounds so weird, but I did. And and in in, in a small way with the game. But now look, now look at what doors that has opened up. It's, it's and, interesting, though, in this discussion about work-life balance, how quickly we went away from talking about work and life balance and just talking about how to make all your work dreams come true. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that was one thing I was going to mention. <laughs> because, um, yeah, go ahead, Derek. Because I, I agree with everything everybody has said. I think, you know, there's, I love what was said about, you know, there's no, there's no time to you know for big life changes you have to make it and i think that's great but i also want to just say that doing those more you know quick activities you know watching netflix i wa- i love tv i love things that make me think i love movies that don't have a clear ending make time for those brainless activities and like sure they're brainless but they're still valuable in a way that's intangible so don't discount them i, I, I agree with that but yeah. i i just think many people get into a habit and they fall into a default position where I'm just going to watch Netflix for the next seven hours. And I'm going to do that every for day after years. work for right. seven yeah, years. And yeah, I'm yeah. not going to go to the gym and I'm not going to cook. I'm going to eat fast food or whatever, whatever the, right. you know, don't use it as a crutch to like yeah. prevent yourself. Be like, I don't have time for that because I have, I'm the same way. I, I love to watch yeah. movies. I don't watch TV near as much as I used to. In fact, I hardly watch it at all now, but that doesn't mean I can't or wouldn't. It's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. I think there are two traps to fall in. One is what you're describing, Mark, which is, mm-hmm. you know, slipping into too much Netflix and never pursuing anything. And then the other trap is the super type A, I'm going to take over the world workaholic thing. And I think that our society has, to its detriment, like fetishized being a workaholic mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm, oh elon musk works 600 million hours a day you know it's how many hours did steve jobs work and we, we we create this perception that the way to get ahead is to work 80 hours a week and go 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 and push 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 and that's just not actually the most productive way to be i think if people developed a better work-life balance they would actually achieve the things that they're trying to achieve and be happier Mm-hmm. Instead of just grinding themselves down to a nub and achieving nothing. Yeah, your phone goes into low power mode and so do you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, operating at 4% of your potential every day because you're so worn out after those long hours is not the way to be. And I and I am kind of a recovering workaholic, I will say. I work a lot. And then that's going to be great when you work a million hours a week and then you get hit by a truck and on your tombstone it says, well, he worked really hard. Right. You know, who cares? <laughs> right. Like, it, isn't it interesting? Like, I, I think from some of the research I've done, especially in the creative field, things could work on this earth without us doing anything 
of what we do. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like what we do is totally unnecessary. Okay. Yes, it is. And so it's <laughs> like the most important thing to our life right now, but it also is totally unnecessary. If we didn't do it, it would be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that that helps me to balance that stress of, okay, yes, this project that I'm working on is extremely important to me. And I'm going to stay up until three in the morning to finish working on it because I want to. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't, everything would still be okay. You know, and that confidence that everything is still going to be okay, even if I don't do it is kind of important to me personally and my ability to maintain my sanity. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, because, you know, you're doing the best you can. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's just who you are. You will you will put in the work. You will put in the time. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's not the end of the world if it doesn't get done. So it provides a lot of confidence, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. The, the to lies. just dive in and do it and just feel confident that doing it is what the right thing is to do. Mm-hmm. The lies we tell ourselves sometimes are, you know, well, I'm going to work really hard until I get to this point. But what you find is when you get to that point, then you're you just raise the bar, and you're right. like, "Well, now I'm going to work really hard until I get to this point." And that's because it's just a pattern. Yeah, you, you know? don't you don't actually take the time to mm-hmm. rest and be mindful, and it's hard. I mean, our culture kind of is is you know wired against it, right? With your with your apps and your phone and all the points of contact and and you know the binge watching that we have available now. It's like, well, I can watch all twelve episodes now in one day. That's me in the office. Is that what you should be doing? I've shifted kind of my thinking on that too because going into high school, going immediately into college, always continually running and running and running and then having these extremely high career aspirations, I guess pretty much went into low power mode like you're saying. It's like I, I would much rather live my life and not have as much money or fame or something like that than – be like, oh my gosh, she's super wealthy. Everybody thinks I have a really great life. Chances are I probably don't because right. I've worked myself to death to get to this point where I can't even enjoy it. And I think it's that's stressed just, out all the time. Yeah. I don't want to I don't want to live like that. So I've like taken a step back and to your point, Tom, talking about how we've kind of fetishized this working until like 80 hours a week and never taking a rest for me in the millennial section of, of the generations. That, that's a real big problem. I think people don't know how to live life anymore, and it's silly. I'm laughing because this episode is basically Orange Nebula self-therapy because right. we just talked about <laughs> how many hours we work a day and how many hours we work a week. The way I kind of want to take the last couple minutes of this episode is maybe going one by one, and I'd love for you guys to describe what optimum work-life balance would look like for you. Okay, it's probably going to be different from person to person. Derek, do you mind going first? Yeah, sure, I'll go first. Let's see, optimal work-life balance. Well, I love what I do, so I I think having time to do that would be very important. So I would definitely want to get up, work a couple hours, take a break mid-afternoon for maybe a couple hours, go run some errands, keep up on the housework, blah, 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 maybe watch some office or something like that, just kind of disconnect for a while, and then dive back in, so... I think not working long blocks of hours, but working like two shorter blocks of hours is definitely my my area. And be able to, being able to work in different spots too. The the mobile thing's really important because mm-hmm. different different environments inspire different kinds of creativity. Okay, perfect. Tom? Yeah, I'm trying to decide how to answer this. I don't know what my perfect schedule would be. You know, I think that would mm-hmm. be a moving target. The thing that I really want is I want to feel 
at peace with myself and the time that I'm spending with my family, that I'm spending as much time as possible with them while also doing a good job at these things that I care about that we're doing with Orange Nebula and with Blue Blazes. Mm -hmm. I want to be there for every single dinner, every single bedtime. You know, I want to take vacations. I want to be able to have a day with them and hang out all the time and not if it, in like perfect scenario, because what we do is a passion. <clears throat> I want it to feel like a passion where everyone's excited that I'm working on it. And when necessary, I work on it. And the rest of the time I'm free to hang out and go to the park. And mm -hmm. you know, it just, I mean, there's no question that I will put the hours in. That's just kind of who I am. And I'm glad that I learned that when I was a younger man that mm -hmm. I, you know, I worked construction. I'd know how to work. And for a long time, I valued that way more than I think was healthy. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that I know how to do that and that I'm capable of doing that. But now moving forward as a husband and a dad, I want to have that be the priority. Mm -hmm. I know this isn't a great question to exactly what that looks like, and I'm still searching for it. That's why I'm reading books called Rest. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's important. Okay. And I think working yourself to the bone to prove that you can work yourself to the bone is not the answer to anything. Mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. Okay. I'll go next if that's okay. Sure. <clears throat> for me, one of my biggest priorities for work-life balance is flexibility. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, I would say I grade myself a, a B, solid B on, on my work-life balance right now. You know, there are definitely times where I shift too far into the work zone and then I'm exhausted. And there are times when I shift maybe a little too far into the play zone and then I get a little behind. But mm -hmm. but a line from a book that I loved is like, becoming imbalanced due to passion is part of living a balanced life. But having that be temporary, you know, things that are short term and then you find a more normal homeostasis. But having the ability to be with my kids when I'm with my kids and work when I when I am not with my kids is mm -hmm. super valuable to me. That hard line between yeah. work and hard line between life. Is mm -hmm. that kind of what you're I think flexible is the word that I was looking for. Yeah, I mm -hmm. love that. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. And, and don't you think like technology has made that so much more possible, right? Because we can work from just about anywhere. I think it hasn't, it hasn't. Yeah, I think there's a... Because part of the major discipline I'm having to develop is at what point do I turn my phone off? and mm -hmm. stop thinking about these things mm -hmm. you know at what, at what point do i just not exist to the work world anymore like sorry email i'm mm -hmm. unavailable mm -hmm. you know it, so always... so yes and no but yeah, the, the fact that i can take a laptop and go to the beach mm -hmm. absolutely mm -hmm. is that always on culture i think it was david rushkoff that said that he had a book called programmed reprogrammed but he talked about that but the always-on culture mm -hmm. is that there's never an opportunity because of technology, as wonderful as it may be, to truly get away and disconnect unless mm -hmm. you throw your phones in the ocean and mm -hmm. your laptop and you go in the middle of the forest somewhere. I feel like the most constructive thing for my life that I've done in the last few weeks is commit very strongly to not looking at my phone or checking my email when I first wake up. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. I wake up, and if there's something that I really want to give a lot of creative attention to, I wake up, I go for a jog, I have some breakfast, and then I work on that. And I don't look at my phone. I don't look at my email. I don't let anything else enter my brain because those things will just be distracting me to no end. Mm -hmm. 
Well, no. they're also kind of inconsequential too. To your point, Lacey, is that you know if if they don't have to get handled right this second, like mm-hmm. they can wait a couple hours. Yeah, email has definitely created a world where because we can communicate immediately, everyone thinks everything needs to be responded to immediately. Mm-hmm. And most of this stuff, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. It can wait until this afternoon or tomorrow or next week or never because it's stupid. <laughs> you start blowing through your phone emails first thing in the morning what you do is you line up your day to respond to everyone else's emergencies and urgencies and false urgencies instead of your important things Mm -hmm. and so it's been a discipline i've been working on for a while now to not do that until the afternoons Mm -hmm. because my creative time in the morning is super important i also think that we don't live in the industrial era anymore and the eight to five nine to five job was started on the assembly lines Mm -hmm. with the model t ford and we are not in that era anymore, and I don't believe that we have to punch the time clock. And there are a lot of jobs out there where that's the reality, and I, I understand that. But it certainly creates efficiencies that are not human. Mm-hmm. I, I don't work that way, and a lot of people don't work that way. And some people work that way just great. I envision, and this is a goal that we're working toward, is a much more flexible work week where when all the work gets done, I don't care if you end up having worked 32 hours that week instead of 42 hours that week, everything got done and we all got paid and, and everybody's happy. Like I don't need to measure you by how much work you've done on the time clock. That's not how I think people should be valued. They should Mm -hmm. be valued for their contributions and their expertise and their wisdom and in their their ownership hours worked is not a measurement an appropriate measurement of anyone's productivity if you have employees you know you might have a guy or gal that gets stuff done in six hours that takes someone else 10 Mm -hmm. right you shouldn't just make everyone okay everyone works eight and you've all been the same amount of productive that's just not the way that things work i agree 100 percent. beautiful i agree 100 percent. this is why i believe that flat fee model works really well in the creative industry for freelancers because if I pay you $500 Derek and it takes you two hours to get it done I don't care that's my budget and you made 250 bucks an hour if it takes Tom 10 hours and he's getting 50 bucks an hour that's his problem Mm -hmm. right like I don't even need to know Mm -hmm. and what that does is it favors the talent it favors the experts and they get paid more per hour and I would love to see more and more industries compensate based on that and that actually creates more flexibility and more reward for the you know Mm -hmm. the quality of the work and so that's something we're striving towards too okay and i would say probably the last thing as we're going through this is i notice that my work-life balance ebbs and flows based on the seasons too right so now that it's warming up and it's getting to be spring and summer I'm going to be prioritizing my outside time and my time in the sun over what I might have been prioritizing in work before. Right. It's the winter. Why not just sit here on a laptop? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I can't go outside. I, I don't want to go run errands because I have to go outside. In the rain. In the, in the rain. Cold. It's especially hard in Washington, too, just because yeah. the seasons are so stark. Mm-hmm. You should move to Oregon. So I'm looking forward to that. I, I'm definitely looking forward to spring and summer and a little bit more sun and a little bit more outside yes. time. Oh my gosh, that um, so nice. But but good job. I think that was very reflective for everybody. I yeah, think it's... Thanks to bringing it back to a positive place yes. after all our crushing negativity. Yeah. <laughs> That's my job. Um, I, I, I Don't be too be ne- a, little, a little less positive. It's grading for people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. We'll maintain that perfect balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Perfectly impossible. balanced. <laughs>
All right. Well, let's call it a day for us then. We'll we'll have this post up on Facebook. We'll talk about it in the Outpost Community mm-hmm. Facebook group too. But we would love to hear from you guys. If if you're listening to us and you're like, hey, idiots, you just haven't heard of this for work life balance. Um, maybe send it our way. It would be nice. Be like, check out my free ebook. <laughs> Solve all your problems. Yeah, I mean, truly though, if any of you who have who also are in creative fields or or just have found a really good way to harness your work life balance, we would love to hear to hear that. And I'm mm-hmm. sure that the rest of us in the community would love to be able to hear that too. Or if you're struggling with something similar, you know, we'd love to to just be able to hear that and kind of lean on each other as a community. Yeah. Whoever you are, you're welcome here. Please feel free to join us, start a conversation, join a conversation. Your voice is important to us. If you haven't signed up for our email list yet, go ahead and sign up for that. We're going to be putting out some exclusive sneak peeks and updates. You can mm-hmm. find that at orangenebula.com. Yeah. See that that solo mode buddy yeah that's right it's a little buddy and please submit your questions for the podcast we would love to have more community questions yeah we loved it's it's fun to get to kind of banter back and forth and joke back and forth when when i come up with the topics it's almost always going to be these deep introspective (laughs) topics so if you don't like it it's gonna be a 3 (laughs) a.m yeah like heavy snacks well there's that Okay, so follow us on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter at Orange Nebula, and you'll be seeing pictures of us eating tacos, drinking coffee, talking, and... Repeat. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everybody have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for stopping by, and we will talk to you soon. Goodbye. Noises. Tell us more about the homeless oh, rapper. <laughs> <laughs> After I tried to help him set up a Twitter account. <laughs> Wait. Well, did you help him set up a SoundCloud too? Because he can't get too far without a SoundCloud. Did you help him set up a Twitter account? I like, you know, set up a little training session at, at the park to go through it with him and, and taught him what to do. And of course, gave him my phone number at that point yeah. at which, you know. That's, t- that's There's a lesson right there. Make and sure you give alert. your phone number and to people alert. on, yeah. Two there, to three weeks there later. There are a lot of missed parts of this story right <laughs> now. Like, like, why are you at the park giving well, him Twitter are... advice? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want the whole story. I do want the whole story. Okay, How there was, there was one there was one day when sometimes when I know that I have to do something that scares me, I do something on purpose that scares me mm-hmm. in order to prepare myself for facing that. Which is scary for everyone else. So I like decided I wanted to go spend the night um, out with all the homeless people. <laughs> okay, I've heard some of this. Last summer. Oh, right. dear God. And I met him there. And and so we connected real well, bought him a sandwich. He's a rapper. Figured I could help him out. Did you hear him rap? Um, yeah. Was it? Was it? Yeah, it was yeah. great. That's, that's part of the reason why I was like... And you were like, you need a Twitter account. <laughs>